Hey guys, it's Green. I have been tossing around this idea for quite a long time about writing an article about the music of Destiny and its importance and the composer's ideas and how everything's intertwined. I've been thinking about it for a long time. Finally got to at least writing an introduction. Which, bear with me, it's kind of brutal because I have to go over a lot of technical musical terms in it. But I do get to the end of it and we do get back to Destiny, so let me know how you feel about this. If you guys are interested in me writing more about it or just rambling off and doing a different mini-series, we're calling this one All Brev because it's a little short. Let me know how you feel. Hit me up on Twitter, hit me up in Discord, wherever you guys can find me. Let me know how you feel about this, and we'll see if I can get some more of these put together for you. Anyway, here is the first installation of Ala Brev Introduction. Fair warning to those reading or listening to this. This piece is an introduction to the music in the Game of Destiny, and its intriguing historical, mathematical, and scientific ties. What it is not is an all-inclusive explanation. I am not the composer, but merely a musician who appreciates the dive into the various aspects of the music, and hopefully, the dive into the mind of the composer himself. When I set out to script this miniseries, I found myself lost in the aspect of music that first made me fall in love with it. For those of you who may not know, I was a music educator for a few years, and while in college performed not only with my college band and vocal groups, but also with a female barbershop chorus. Shout out to my sweet Adeline buddies in Wichita, Kansas. It was with all of these different groups that I learned a new appreciation for the voice and how flexible it truly is. And what I mean by that is that unlike the piano, which is tuned to particular notes, the voice is flexible enough to change pitches ever so slightly. For example... I can bend the pitch severely, or in such a small way that many will actually not be able to detect it. Now the voice isn't the only instrument that is capable of pitch changes like this. There are others that have this capability, such as non-fretted string instruments, i.e. violin, viola, cello, double bass, and, actually, also the trombone. Granted, any musician worth their salt can modify the pitch on their particular horn with various modifying movements, but it is the voice I find to be the most naturally adaptable. Why is this important? Because with my barbershop ladies, I finally began to understand overtones and harmonics on a more intimate level. You don't have to be a trained musician to experience any of them. One of the simplest ways I've experienced harmonics is with a shower particularly a tiled shower. Have you ever hummed or sung a song in a shower, and without increasing your volume, notice that one pitch, just one, is significantly louder? This happens because you found a harmonic resonance that works with the tiles in that particular shower. The tile vibrates naturally at that harmonic, and it appears to amplify the sound instead of dampening it. Overtones work in a somewhat similar way. An overtone is mathematically relative and resonates with the fundamental pitch, therefore they are always present. This happens much like the tile in the shower, but at a lower volume level. Because of this, we don't generally notice them in our everyday life, but 
Musicians tend to experience overtones more often thanks to the manipulation of sound being our job. If you have a tuned string piano, you can actually experience this fairly easily. Hold down the sustain pedal, which is the far right one, and strike a bass note, which is the far left keys. If your piano is tuned fairly well, you'll likely hear the octave above the pitch you struck. The reason why the octave rings is because it is mathematically double the frequency of the original note. It has a relative resonance. Now why all the math talk with music? Have you ever wondered why we use certain notes with each other in a song? It actually has to do with the math behind each of those notes. These combinations of notes are what we actually call a scale or mode. And for my history buffs out there, much of what we use by way of scales today was developed by Pythagoras. Oh yes, old a square plus b square equals c square himself. The Pythagorean scale developed as a series of fifths. Now for people not familiar with the concept of a fifth, it is an interval, the distance between two notes. Most intervals range in sizes, anywhere from a very small interval, very small distance between two notes, or a very large interval, quite a bit larger. In a vocal scale, using solfege, a fifth is the distance between do and sol. Now back to Pythagoras. In music, our most famous remnant of dear old Pythagoras is the circle of fifths. You might actually remember this from high school band as the circle with all the key signatures attached to it. Thanks to Pythagoras and a few others, we developed our western seven-note scale, and it is the arrangement of these notes today that we call music. Scales and modes are what musicians talk about when they're discussing the expected arrangement of notes in a piece of music. The most simple of these is the Ionian mode, which is also known as our major scale. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Notice that we actually return to the do at the top of the scale, which is one octave above where we started. This particular scale is made up of a series of intervals that are very familiar to us, for more information of what that actually looks like, go ahead and jump into the actual article that I wrote on this in order to see the, the breakdown of what the intervals are. Throughout all of our recorded music history, various composers have changed the starting note of the prior mentioned combination of whole steps and half steps in order to create various effects. These are actually what we call modes. Now we can finally get to what's unique about music and destiny. Much of the music is based off what is called a Lydian dominant scale, or more simply put, the acoustic scale. There are two things significant about this. One, this is a scale that is built off of the overtone series between overtones 8 and 14. And two, it scrambles the Pythagorean order of scale and modes, changing something that we've come to expect over the years into something totally foreign to us. By modifying it, it gives the music an ethereal and unresolved sound. Even the structure of many of the pieces are meant to feel unresolved, without a settled end, leaving the listener with always wanting to hear more. Why the acoustic scale is important to Destiny, besides the obviousness that it was used in various pieces throughout the game, including the infamous Music of the Spheres, well, for starters, the acoustic scale persists in the music of the people of South Siberia. 
Those of you who are familiar with the in-game geography should recognize this as near where the community believes the Cosmodrome would be located in real life. Another notable tie to this scale is in its use by various composers in the 19th century, such as Igor Stravinsky, Bella Bartok, Franz Liszt, and Claude Debussy. And hopefully, I'll be able to speak more to this later, especially regarding Bartok and Debussy, with how they influence the music of the Destiny universe. The primary reason why the acoustic scale is an interesting choice for the music of Destiny lies in the fact that this scale is the closest approximation using our tuning system to being mathematically in perfect harmony, and thus most like the natural order of the universe as dictated by physics. Why choose all of this for the game? We may never know the exact reason, but to gain insight on what the composers were toiling over and touted as their most masterful work would, it is in my hope, glean a fraction of the genius of the piece as a whole. Thanks again, guys, for listening to this first introduction into the Music of Destiny, Ala Brev. Uh, let me know, again, if you have any comments or suggestions about this mini-series, and thank you for listening, and don't forget to focus your fire, and we'll see you next time.